This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, everybody? It's Joey here. Uh, quick change to today's episode. As you can see from the title, instead of our normal episode where we break down the storylines and the game is from the night, uh, we are releasing our interview that we did yesterday that we were originally going to do as a bonus episode with LG Doucette, who is the incredible host of the incredible podcast, The First Mint, uh, which is about all about NBA Top Shot. It's one of the most popular podcasts on the planet uh, right now. LG has become the woge of NBA Top Shot, and we were so happy that he was so generous with his time and gave us this incredible interview. And it turned out so good that instead of talking about the Thursday night games, which yeah, there were some good ones, but there was a lot of guys sitting. It was the day before all-star. I think everyone's a little worn ready for the break. And so were we. So there was the all-star draft team, LeBron team Durant, but instead of breaking down an all-star game that that no one that we don't particularly care about a ton other than how it impacts the value of NBA top shot. We figured let's just put out this remarkable interview. LG breaks down NBA top shot. He breaks down NFTs. He gives us what I consider a a little bit of a glimpse into the future. It was just, I'm going to have to go back and listen to it a couple of times to process the information because it was so good. And I learned so much. So I hope you guys enjoy. If you do, which I know you will, go ahead and subscribe to his podcast, The First Mint, and listen to he they they're three days a week. And you can learn and keep continuing to learn and grow with NBA Top Shot the way LG has, because I'm telling you, I was already all in, as you guys know, and Alex was already all in on on becoming part of this NBA Top Shot community. But after listening to LG, who's also, by the way, one of the nicest people I've ever met just on a first meeting, my God, this guy, I can see why he has succeeded so quickly in this space. Great dude. Really appreciate the time he gave us. Hopefully you guys enjoy the episode as much as we enjoyed doing it. And we will be back to normal our normal NBA deuce NBA morning deuce episodes Sunday night after the all-star game, we will record for Monday morning until then enjoy the episode. Have a great all-star weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Welcome into the NBA Morning Deuce. It's a bonus deuce, Alex, and I can see the excitement on your face. I can see the excitement on your face, and there's like, there's no time to waste on this one because we have a we have a pretty influential person on the podcast today. This is bonus the first bonus deuce in our I don't know what are we calling it top shot series. We're we're trying to get smarter about top shot. 
we've wanted long for a while now to get people on who know things because as I told our guest who I will introduce in a second, I've gotten texts saying that people got dumber from listening to me talk about Top Shot. So we want to make people smarter on this show. We make them smarter about the NBA. Now we want to make them smarter about Top Shot. And it just so happens that today's bonus deuce is not NBA morning, morning deuce. It's NBA morning set. Oof. Because we have LG Doucette, the host of one of the hottest podcasts, period, right now, but definitely in the sports and basketball category, the first mint, LG. First of all, I just want to say thank you for doing this. I know you're a busy guy. I know people are all over the first mint, but also I I just got to say, you, you, sir, look like you could be the third Dragic brother. Have you ever gotten that before? I have gotten that, actually. There's there's definitely been a lot of celebrity comparisons Dragic is an, is one of the newer ones but actually i mean i kind of have this goatee now but if you can imagine me without the goatee the most common thing i've ever gotten is agent smith from the matrix oh, and i don't know if you can see pretty- that but it's like literally when i was in college like people would turn the corner and they'd be like mr anderson and i'd be like oh man here we go again <laughs> so awesome. that's something i get a lot um, but yeah, thanks for having me. It's, it's, everybody's got, everybody's got a morning do. So it's, it's happened to be, exactly. yeah, I had to make a pun back. Cause you did the morning do set thing. So yeah. I had to make something, I had to return the favor. Yeah. I think um, I, but yeah, I think, awesome. Yeah. yeah. I think I said morning do set yesterday on the show and my was like, you gotta save it. You gotta save it. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> fair. Well, yeah, absolutely. No, it's, it's, it's great to be here. And, um, totally. I get it. You know, top shot is, is complex. So yeah. you can definitely talk yourself into a circle when you're you're trying to explain it to people. So I'm happy to be here and help clear anything up and also probably mainly just talk strategy, which is what everybody ends up wanting to know is if sure. they should buy the Malcolm Brogdon or the Jimmy Butler or whatever that is. Yeah, oh, well, Alec- been watching the NBA more. Those are two players we talk about on a nightly basis. Wow. That's true. Oh, yeah. Well, they're 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 very contentious players right now, right? Because they're not they're not the ultimate stars, but they're also not nobodies and they're both on teams like fighting for, you know, a good playoff position. So yeah, they're, they're good, relevant players. Well, maybe, Alex is, maybe, maybe good investments, maybe. Oh, okay. Alex has been trying to corner the market on a certain player. We'll get into that because we'll oh. see if that's a good strategy and we'll, 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 we'll get that for, but before we yeah. get into deep into top shot, I want to actually find out about you because I think there's tons of people listening to your show right now and getting information. They follow the first mint and we find out about drops and what, and details that mm-hmm. you tweet about how, mm-hmm. how'd you get into top shot? I know I see on your Twitter, it says NFT advocate. I know a lot of people probably don't even know what an NFT is at this point. It's still so new. What, what drew you to it? How did you get into NFTs? How'd you get into top shot? Just give us the, the, the LG do set story in a nutshell. Totally. Totally. So I, by trade, I'm, I'm in content marketing. I've been in, you know, I got into social media for like brands, like way back in like, I don't know, 2009 or something like that. And so I've always been very focused on that space and basically anything that's like an online community for the first couple of years of social media, it was like very beautiful and what brands were doing and they were like really connecting. And then, you know, the last five or six years, it's gotten kind of weird and very gated and pay to play. So it's not as fun. I spent the last couple of years actually as an ad producer, as, a, as an executive producer, uh, for shop in Vancouver and where, where I, where I live in Canada and, you know, we're making like, I you don't know, TV commercials and stuff, but pandemic wasn't great. And I had a few pals who'd been pushing me to get into blockchain for a while because they'd been telling me something that I I'm now telling anybody who works in communications or considers themselves a good communicator 
that blockchain is in desperate need of good communicators. And a lot of people have been pushing me. They're like, Hey, you're really good at writing and at content and at communicating things. Of course you should get into blockchain because we got a lot of developers here and they can, you know, they can't really break down what they're doing for normal people. So, you know, through 2020, I started to look closer to it and I got into NFTs and, you know, the digital assets and the digital store of value and started exploring the really interesting projects that exist in that space. There's tons of other ones outside of Top Shot, but obviously Top Shot caught my eye being one that was a officially licensed by a major brand. There weren't many of those. And also one that combined my new interest in blockchain and something that I already watched like feverishly in basketball, right? So to me, it was like, oh, there's, you know, I'm interested in this new technology. I want to learn more. And there just so happens that what the product that I sense has the most potential is related to something that I already watch every day. It just kind of made sense. So I, I, I got into Top Shot. I begged for them to let me into the closed beta back in early September, I want to say. Um, and then and then I guess the rest is history. But but the first mint didn't actually start until like the end of December, because really I kind of spent the first four months in Top Shot just kind of cruising. And this might be hard for you guys to believe, but those first four months of Top Shot, like they they were nothing like they are now. Like packs would come out and people would only buy like half of them and they would sit there on the marketplace for days. There were packs that went unsold and that are now, I don't know, they don't even know what they're going to do with them because now there's no way to release them in a fair way that they're going to have to do something. But it's oh. like literally, you could also just buy as many packs as you want again because nobody bought them. You're like people, some of these OG guys, like they probably have hundreds of packs unopened in their accounts. I know that's so hard to believe yeah, now. I know that wow. doesn't really like make sense. And that's why a lot of people use that comparison of like, oh, well, you know, back then it's probably like buying Bitcoin at $10. And it kind of is that you're just like, especially for me, I'm like, oh my God, like it just, even when I was in it, I still feel like I slept on it for so long. Mm. But that's kind of how it works is that it's like when nobody's buying something, it makes you not want to buy it so much, right? It's kind of like, just like a weird behavior thing where you're just like, well, this, this seems really cool, but why doesn't anybody else want it? Right. And then, so yeah. that's kind of what, that's what those first couple of months of Top Shot were. The season ended. It was the off season. Off season was kind of slow. There weren't any big moves in the NBA. So, it was, and it was kind of short. It was like a really weird off season. Right. And then only at the end of December did things really pick up. And I was like, okay, cool. Like let, let's put my skills to the test here. I love Top Shot. I want to do more in crypto. So I'll start the first mint, do a little podcast, do a little Twitter account and here we are like 28,000 followers later on Twitter. I'm like the Woj of Top Shot, which is super weird. That's, that's, I love Woj and I, I would never say my name in the same breath as his, but, but um, it, it, it's, it's pretty, pretty on point. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of crazy. Like, I know you, you don't want to, no, you don't want to say that about yourself, but like, I keep thinking like when I was listening to your show the other day, I mentioned this to you before, like how you, you know, you tweeted out about that, the pack drop that just recently happened that everyone got that they're, they said two to three weeks to for delivery and how you tweeted out a potential date that ended up not being the date, but other people were like, okay, well now this is the date because you tweeted it out. You're sort yeah. of, I, I was thinking last night. So TJ McConnell gets a triple double with steals. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's the 11th time in NBA history. If LG Doucette, just tweets out a, the graphic from ESPN about that triple double with the side eyes emoji. Does the value go up at this point? If LG Doucette <laughs> tweets that out, I'll I answer for the, him. I think it's a yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but maybe the value went down. Maybe. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I think you're becoming a market mover. I do. I don't, I don't, I never set out to be. And if you listen to the show to the first minute, you know that I start off with, you know, none of this is with the very necessary, none of this is trading advice. 
Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I don't see myself as a market mover and I've definitely made predictions that have been very wrong, both on Twitter and on the podcast. And I definitely, you know, there's a point where I was like, Hey, you should watch for the Houston Rockets. They won three in a row without Harden. And then they've literally lost every single game since that podcast. So it's like, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not by any means like a basketball savant. So listening to my advice on which pay players to, to buy is a dangerous game. But simultaneously with, with having so many people that are so passionate about Top Shot following me, I do have to be careful to just not casually chat about just some player. Um, and it's kind of a strange thing because, you know, for, I've been tweeting for 10 years and for 10 years, nobody outside of like my brother and a couple friends actually cared ever what I tweeted. And now if I just tweeted like TJ McConnell, then it would be like, if I just put his name, <laughs> then it'd be like, Pah! but it's also because people associate it. They might think again, because I, 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 since I break the news so well, or I guess like, so, so I'm so on it. like, I somehow end up being first people either think I have an inside track or just assume that I am some kind of top shot savant. So if I were to tweet out like literally any player, if I was like, Ish Smith, like if that was just the tweet, people would think that there's some Ish Smith thing that's about to happen in Top Shot or, or some, you know, some, some type of association like that. So I have to be careful, but at the same time, a lot of people, you know, ask, ask for advice. So I try and give it to them best I can. Well, I can tell you this as somebody who's very confident in his knowledge of NBA basketball, just yeah. talking to you for the last 20 minutes before this podcast. And now the 10 minutes that we've been on it you know more about basketball than 99% of NBA Twitter. There's a lot of people who don't know anything out there. Like, listen, watch inside the NBA and tell me how much those guys know about the current NBA right now. Okay. So you don't, 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 uh, don't, sure. don't think down on yourself. <laughs> predict, oh, I don't, predict. I don't think down on and myself. On your NBA just, knowledge. I'm just saying like, you, no, you, you totally. Know, you know, I just, you know, I'm um, going to listen to your advice. I'm still going to, I'm not, but the other thing too, is I'm not an NBA lifer. Like I, you know, I'm a Toronto Raptors fan and my interest in the NBA has wavered over the years. Like we had the Vince days way back. That was super fun. And before that, when the team started, there was like, maybe like, I don't know, one month of fun, Chris Bosch time, but otherwise not much. And then, and then only like six or seven years ago when they just kind of magically turned it around with like Kyle and Damar, did it actually, you know, start to really pique my interest. And then I just started, you know, they switched over to Adam Silver, like he came in as the commissioner and then the NBA just got so much better and they got so much better at like digital activations and pumping out their, pumping up their personalities. And that happened around the same time that the other sport I really loved hockey kind of went the opposite way. They, you know, they got rid of fighting and, and of many concussions, which is good for the sport, but kind of bad for entertainment. Like a lot of people liked watching it for that. And now the sport is, is getting a little more unwatchable. They need a bit of a refresh. And, and what I'm saying, what I'm, go I'm going along rant here, what I'm saying is that my basketball interest is, is relatively new maybe to other people who have been like literally watching every game since they were three years old. It's like, I've come and gone. And in the last like five or six years, I've been way deeper into it, but um, you know, it's not, I, I don't know that deep, that lifer basketball knowledge is not, is not that deep with me. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Um, totally. Yeah. So it's, it's, but I still, I mean, I still love basketball. I still watch as many games as I can. So yeah, for sure. All right, let's get into top shots. So yeah, when I, when I, Told I told a, a few people actually I told a bunch of people that we were going to do this interview because I wanted to see what people want to know like what do people want to know yeah. right yeah uh, and almost all of them at least the people that I talk to are like I, I don't get it like just I, just tell me what it like what is it why is it oh, valuable <laughs> I know this is a loaded question because you could probably yeah. this, this probably could be hours of why it, what it is and why it's valuable but that doesn't have to be or yeah. for like I guess if you were 
if you were talking to somebody who feels like they got dumber from listening to me, tell them why, tell, tell them why Top Shot, why, why it has exploded the way it has, so to speak. Totally. So what I compare Top Shot to, and there's a lot to explain. And what I'll say right off the bat is if you don't understand Top Shot, that's okay. I didn't understand it for like a month. There's a lot to learn. There's a lot in blockchain to learn. And, and thankfully, Top Shot has made it easy that you don't actually need to learn that much about blockchain. And you don't need to learn about nodes or Bitcoin or any of that kind of stuff to understand how Top Shot works. But within Top Shot, they've designed <clears throat> a very intricate and awesome um, collecting game system. I think after a couple of weeks of Top Shot, you realize that you are interacting with something that doesn't exist. At the high level for me, Top Shot is a completely new layer of fandom. It's a layer that you didn't know existed. So without getting too deep into the mechanics and what the things are, let's just let's just say the base layer. Everybody knows that these are video highlights that you collect, right? You just you have, you know, the LeBron James dunk or the KD three-pointer. You have them and, and outs, we're not going to get into the like, yo, it's better than, you know, what's the difference between that and YouTube, all that kind of stuff that's, that we'll save that for in a minute. But basically you collect these video highlights. You have them in a very beautiful way that Top Shot is designed like a little, like a little card or like a little token and you can trade them. And then the market decides how much each one is worth based on their scarcity. So some of them, there's only 50 of them. Others, there's 15,000. Right. So obviously a, a LeBron dunk that's one of 15,000 is going to be worth less than a LeBron dunk that is one of 50. Right. So there's those just normal collecting dynamics that's very normal. The extra layer of fandom that it adds is the part where the market decides which of these plays are better because they're real plays from real games. Right. So let's say, you know, you and I want to argue about like, hey, like which Kevin Durant play is better. Uh, his three-pointer against this team or his assist like behind his back to Kyrie in this game. That's a debate you and I might've had in real life, but now there's a market that will actually decide it for us. So if you take a step back and you scale top shot over the course of like 20 years, and they're going to do, they're going to do archival footage. They've already started one day in this ecosystem, you will have every notable play ever in basketball history and NBA history. Let's hope. So that way you and I can finally argue and have a market decide what the best buzzer beater is ever or what the best dunk ever is, or just simply what is the best LeBron James highlight ever of his career. For years, you and I would debate that offline and there'd be no way to settle that debate. But now a market can tell you what it thinks. And that ties your emotion into this game in a way that regular card collecting and stock market trading and I don't know, whatever, you know, DFS or whatever that all those things can't really do because you have to use your emotions and you have to gauge the emotions of the market. So I'll give you an example, just to dumb it, dumb it back down on top shot. I love him. Nikola Jokic, not as popular for his skill. He's not his, his, everybody says he's undervalued for his given his skill level and his PER. He is not nearly at the level of some of the other guys that he should be dark horse MVP candidate, maybe just normal MVP candidate dark horse or not this year, but he does not trade on top shot nearly for as much as some of the other guys that you would put him in the same, same class as why he's just not as popular. 
So it's a, it's again, it's that layer of fandom where you really, it's not a market of how good are these players. It's a market of how much do people like them and how much do people like these specific plays? Hmm. That is the game. That is the game of top shot. All the other stuff you have to learn, like all the different sets and how the pack drops work and the scarcity, all that kind of stuff. That's just the depth. That's just collecting depth. Like if you start collecting Pokemon cards, like you're going to have to go learn all that stuff anyways. If you're going to start playing DFS, you're going to have to learn all that stuff anyways. In Top Shot, you got to go learn all that stuff. But on the surface level, the appeal for me, and I think the appeal for other people is that it is not about the skill. It is about the popularity and the emotion that people have towards players. Alex, what do you got? Yeah, no, that's so remarkable because my first question was geared right in line with that. And it's it was more about, you know, when you see the market driving the value of a certain moment, does it have more to do with the quality of the play, which you just kind of clarified for me, or simply like the scarcity of the card, you know? Like when you see yeah. there's 15,000 of this available, there's 500 of this available, but you're telling me you actually see like based on the best play visually or the coolest play, that's driving the value of these things? It can. And that's, and that's again, where there's so much debate to be had within this game. Right. And that's like, that's an excellent question. Is that like, what, what trumps other things in the marketplace of top shot? Is it player? Is it popularity of the player? Is it the play? Is it the team they're on? What is it? A good example is, you know, they've introduced this year, three-star rookies. So they're going to, they've put out rookie moments that they're called moments. The cards are called moments. They've put out rookie moments that are going to get three rookie stars, as in they represent three different rookie markers. So that moment is from the rookie's first game. It's from their first year because that's a rookie year. And also it was made in their rookie year. So an example is LaMelo Ball, right? He had They minted one of his moments from his very first game. It's his first assist ever in the NBA. And that moment, I sold one at 28 bucks that I got in a pack. Now that moment goes for like four grand. Because it's at, because LaMelo's gotten better. I sold it like the first week of January or something like that. Like he'd played like five games and I was like, eh, whatever. But then he got better. He had that triple double and now leading rookie of the year candidate. And now people think like, oh, like he's really good. Like he could actually be quite good once he develops a bit more. And that moment has grown in popularity because over time it will be a scarce moment. It's only one of 4,000. 4,000 is not a lot in Top Shot anymore. And the irony is that it's a terrible play. It's underwhelming. I, I the know, assist yeah, it's, is garbage. It's, it's like barely an assist. But, but the thing is, is that again, that's, that's what's fun in this game is like, yes, sometimes you have moments that it's like, wow, the actual play, whew, that's amazing. Everyone's been talking about the Anthony Edwards dunk from two weeks ago, mm. like on the Raptors, where, over the Raptors, where it's like, man, can't wait for that to come out. That's an amazing dunk. Totally, it is. But there's still, in this ecosystem, there's still space for, the not so great plays to be important because of who the player is and what the significance is it being his first, his first game and his first assist ever in the NBA, like one of maybe 10,000 assists ever. Right. So there's so many layers to debate. So you think, you think, Oh, sorry, go ahead, Alex. No, no, that's just a great answer to my question. It really is a blend of different stuff. The quality of the play, the player himself, the occasion is all going to determine what people are going to spend on these things. It's it's really cool. Absolutely. And that's where, and even to bring it back to what you were saying before, Joey, it's just like, based on what I say, or some of the other streamers or some of the other, you know, personalities in around the top shot community, not only can we just say like, okay, here's a random player, like go buy this player or something like that. 
by creating content, we kind of grow the commentary around Top Shot, which then itself changes the ecosystem, right? Like for example, a month ago, everybody's like, what are the best plays in Top Shot? And nobody was really sure, right? And and through a bit more, um, through, through a bit more discussion, maybe this is a couple of months ago, asking a few people, we kind of decided what we considered to be the hierarchy of these are the most significant plays that there are in Top Shot. And now they're the ones that we talk about all the time. But until we actually, somebody actually asked that question and we started talking about it, those moments weren't going for that much. But now they go for a premium. They are the, the LeBron James Kobe dunk. So the, the, the game after Kobe passed away where LeBron or a couple of games after he passed away where LeBron does a Kobe mm. tribute dunk. That's the most popular one in terms of, wow, that play is important. The next one is the Vince Carter. It's his last shot ever in the NBA. It's the last day. Uh, it's like literally everybody knows that the season's been postponed. They know it's over. They, the Hawks bring Vince in for like the last six seconds. Trey Young hands him the ball and he just hucks his three-pointer from like half court and it goes in and it's like, wow. And everybody was like, wow, we knew that was it. That's like number two. And then after that, there's kind of a debate where people are like, well, maybe, you know, there's a moment of Luca's game winning three against the Clippers in the first round of the bubble. Um, there's a few other plays that are people like, that's a very important play. You know, Devin Booker's also a game winner against the Clippers, a lot of daggers against the Clippers. Um, but, you know, that's kind of the fun of Top Shot is that over time through commentary and discussion, new moments or, or old moments gain more significance because people start to inspect them more and realize like, Hey, you know what? Like this is important. What happened. Right. Where at uh, the time it didn't seem that way. Like the first Lamelo assist, I was like, who cares about Lamelo's first assist, man? Like I don't remember any players like first anything, but now through like designation of, and even if it don't, though it's crappy, people were like, no, like that is, that's very important. Lamelo's first assist. We have to keep that. Mm, right. So uh, the game can evolve so much over time and every day. Right. That's so you have to part. like, so you have to, so you can invest in a moment or you can invest in the scarcity, but you also have to understand that, like, for example, the Anthony Edwards dunk. Yeah. It may have boosted it within those couple of days, but, you know, like in a year, it's probably not going to matter. Like, that's probably not going to get looked back at as the play of Anthony it, it, it'll maybe they'll look back at Hopefully it as not a, as a great play. Right. Yeah. But, but I'm saying like, that won't be the play of his career, right? Like that won't be the first player, the first three or the first dunk. Like, so it's weird. It's weird because yes, over mm -hmm. time these. So I like, I guess my question is more like, do you think mm -hmm. over time the importance of a play or the scarcity will end up being more important? Like if you're getting into it now and, and, and I'm saying yeah. like, what's more important to me as someone who wants to keep these long-term and grow the value of them, a play potentially being the more important play or a cat, a, a regular assist. That's one of 4,000. Both. And that that is what, either is, way. There, there is no, there is no, that's what I mean is that, it, you know, I've been telling people this is like, there is no guide for top shot. There isn't, there are no experts this thing's been around for seven months and the NBA is invested in this for a long time. And it's unlocked something that wasn't there before. You know, the other sports leagues are going to follow. They're going to let this experiment kind of go through. They're going to let the product get out of beta because it's still in beta. So it still has some issues. And then once it's clicking and it's great, every other major sports league is going to be like, we need to get in on this NFT thing because it's now generating hundreds of millions for the NBA every year, or it will be at one point. Right. Um, so 
what I'm saying is that it's still in its infancy. And I think it's really hard to say what that'll look like over time. Right. I think both mm -hmm. of them matter, but I do think to kind of stay on the part of the play, I do think that it will help extend the shelf life of certain plays that otherwise we would have forgotten about. Right. Cause it's like, okay, tell me, you know, tell me what the, the five best dogs from the 2017 season. You don't know. You have no idea. You gotta, you gotta go look them up. Maybe you can, maybe you think, Oh, maybe that dunk was then maybe, but you have to go look at them because you saw them. It was an amazing dunk. Maybe at the end of the season, the season recap on, on sports center, you're like, Oh, that was the number one dunk, but you don't really, they don't extend. They don't, they don't, they don't have ex extension as, as a memory only playoff moments do because playoff moments are so important or like an emotional game or something very specific, but that Anthony Edwards dunk, that's been such a big deal for the last two weeks. And it's probably going to come out this weekend as I think it's one of the rising stars moments. In fact, it is one, it is the rising star moment for him. That Amazing. gives life to that moment where otherwise in the NBA, it might've had none. Right. Right. So that's, opposed, that's what's yeah. like, like if there was no top shot, we would never talk about LaMelo's first assist. We would never care about that crappy assist. Amazing. But now yeah. it's like, I will always remember that I sold LaMelo's assist, his crappy assist for $28. And now it goes for 4,000 bucks. Like I will always remember that. I will always remember what the play looks like because of top shot. Right. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, what's like, that's, what's so valuable for the NBA. It's just making thousands, like hundreds of thousands of people rewatch highlights over and over and over and over in a way that YouTube could never do. So talk about that. Cause you mentioned that. And that's, that's mm -hmm. the other thing that everyone says, right? It's like, why, why would I go buy a highlight when I can just go watch it anywhere? Absolutely. And that's, and, and yeah, like that's, that, that's a valid point. Like if you want to rewatch a highlight, like go watch it on YouTube. Of course, I don't think that that's really what this is about. And a lot of people compare it to that. But I think the comparison there is to more, more so help explain this new like NFT store of value that we're starting to get into that at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if something is, you know, a physical piece of cardboard or if it's a, you know, an NFT or a YouTube highlight, what we're creating in this game is an economy of emotions. On, just, on sorry, YouTube, on. I just, just, yeah. just so for the people Cause like I said, yeah, sorry. It, it's, no, no, it's fine. This is amazing by the way. Like I'm mesmerized, but yeah, right, NFTs, right. non-fungible yes. tokens, just sorry. Yeah. Like, a, yeah. Like just so for people who are right. listening that don't know what that is. Cause we, yeah. as, cause I said it, you said it just so you got to it. Clarify. Yeah. So, so an, the NFT is a non-fungible token. It's a very hideous name, just like the word blockchain, uh, terrible names, basically, um, if you read into blockchain technology and you understand the security that it provides and kind of a ledger system, then you'll understand a little bit how an NFT makes sense where it is data that has been embedded in a token. So an NFT, like if you know what an Ethereum token is and you know how Ethereum tokens can be different types of currency and can be different types of assets, an NFT is also just one of those, but except it has, it has either art or music or different other assets embedded into it that are locked as an NFT. The same way that when you have any other cryptocurrency like Ethereum and Bitcoin and you have it in your wallet and nobody can take it from you without going through this intense ledger system that you, that you use to trade things, the NFT also belongs to you. So despite it being an image that yes, of course, like you have, you can go find that image other places. You can screenshot it or whatever. We've built in NFTs, NFTs have built a new layer of that ownership that it's like, it doesn't matter if it exists else elsewhere, you still have this digital token that does in fact belong to you, 
right? So that whether you think that that's silly or not, like the initial concept doesn't doesn't really make sense. You're like, I don't understand how that would be more valuable. But what it's unlocked in the world of NFTs is a completely new way for people to collect art, to collect music, to build video games. I'll give you an example. Video game wise, if you play Fortnite, you buy some skins. Fortnite's servers shut down. Where are your skins? They're gone. They're gone. They're gone forever. You don't have them, right? You don't actually ever have anything you buy in any EA game or Fortnite or any of that stuff. It doesn't belong to you. You pay for it, but it doesn't belong to you. In NFTs, especially on Ethereum, it does belong to you. You can buy it in one game and then you can just go to a completely different platform, a completely different website, different marketplace and sell it there. You do whatever you want with it. So what that's unlocked is in certain video games. Now we're getting way off Top Shot, but this will give you a sense of what the future of Top Shot. I think it, look no, like but and, I think it, other I think items. It, no, but I think it definitely explains where, why it's valuable. So no, it's good. I'll, I'll give you an example of, of some of the other places I'm I have interests, uh, like a game called The Sandbox and another game called Axie Infinity. They are world discovery games. Like The Sandbox is very much like Minecraft, where you're just a person. You walk around, you go have fun, you build things. Except in The Sandbox, you can buy a piece of land. You can own the land that your person walks on and you own it. The sandbox doesn't own it. You own it. And over time, as more money comes into the game and people pay for more experiences, if you build like a roller coaster on your piece of land, when people come use it, you will get the money from them using the land. So it's like a totally like, so it's like, like, think if you could retroactively, like if you, if you own the rights to like level three of Mario land or like super Mario two or something like that. And every, anytime anybody ever played on it ever, you got like a little cut of them using it like rent, like monopoly. How much would that level be worth now? That, that is what NFTs can do. Cause you truly own it. There is no Nintendo who can take it from you. You actually own the asset the same way you actually own Bitcoin. So that is what the power of NFTs are. So that's why right now in Top Shot, it's yeah, kind of like, oh, I just crazy. own this highlight, like, blah, it's on YouTube. Like, yeah, that makes sense. It's not, we're not really at that full unlock of, of NFTs yet, but soon we will be like, because we're just at the start of what Top Shot is actually doing. That's, that's what NFTs are. Hey guys, before LG continues to blow our minds and teach us about the future of NBA Top Shot and maybe the world, I want to tell everyone about Blue Wire Hustle become one of our favorite parts of this show because it's the best. It's a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, which is Alex's favorite, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all this for $15 a month. That's the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you for just the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch, have an existing show that you want to grow, hustles the open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience, people. Acceptance into the program is limited, though, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join check out the description box in this episode to find out more as well but that is bwhustle.com slash join all right let's get back to lg wow so you're you're thinking about this and talking about it in a way that i hadn't 
necessarily fathomed, you know, before tonight um, as just a basketball fan and a video editor, I'm thinking they're, they're, they're clips, you know, they're clips that you own similar to uh, trading cards, but what you're talking about really shows that it has so much more. So what do you see as the natural progression or the evolution of this? Like what, what could it look like in five years? It's a great question. I think what's happening now is that through all this hype about NFTs, right? You've got Mark Cuban talking about it, Gary Vaynerchuk, all these big artists trying to get into it. Right now, there's actually a problem in NFTs where there isn't really enough infrastructure for enough people to launch their projects and the space the space has to mature. So I think what's going to happen now is it's going to kind of boom and then it's going to it's going to retract a little bit where people go into like a long building phase. And then in a over the next couple of years it'll build again and then we'll start to see really great applications. So the way to look at that is that this current boom of NFTs and especially NBA Top Shot being really the huge leader here, setting records in terms of you know volume of money, all that kind of stuff. What that's going to do is it's going to bring a lot of people into the space, both engineers, designers, communicators. It's going to bring those people into the space that otherwise wouldn't be here. That doesn't necessarily equal like the most amazing product overnight, but that creates a groundbreaking product, a world-changing product in a couple of years. In the same way that like Web 2.0, it didn't start with Facebook. Like Zuckerberg didn't just like literally just wake up one morning. and was like, I have an idea for this application that connects all these people. I'm like, no, no, no. There was a million other things like that. He just did it in a very specific way that just hit that right emotional level, that right emotional tone that made it explode into Facebook. There was already MySpace and Friendster and all this other stuff that existed before that. He just nailed it. And what we're going to see now in NFTs is something similar where... People are going to get a top shot. It's really cool. People are going to buy all this crypto art and crypto music and these video game levels. If ever there's going to be like a Facebook of NFTs, the person who's going to make it is probably like 16 years old right now. Wow. Or, or maybe, or maybe they're 40. I don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, it's no, not no. an age specific thing. <laughs> yeah. I just think, I just think typically digital things, younger people adopt much quicker and much faster and look at it with a different lens. So just going to assume it's someone younger, but it could be someone older, but let's just assume that, that it's like, it's like where NFTs will go in 20 years hasn't been thought of yet. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's, we're at that nascent stage so far. Yeah. And for NBA Top Shot, you know, I've been trying to play with those possibilities because essentially, and if you follow some of the, you know, a lot of the really great thought leaders on, on Twitter, um, not just, you know, Cuban and, and Vaynerchuk, but some of the other folks around that are, that are hardcore NFT people that have been around for a long time, they talk about the idea of tokenization. And I call it the tokenization of fandom, where you could essentially retroactively tokenize any store of intellectual property that exists, right? So right now we're tokenizing the NBA. It's intellectual property. It belongs to the NBA, but we're tokenizing it in a way that it's like, okay, there, here's 50 LeBron tokens. They all have different things. Go buy them and trade them and you assign them value. And now they have value, billion, millions of dollars of value. Who else can do that? Who else has a huge store of intellectual property? Disney, uh, any other movie company, music, Sony, everybody, like anything that is a copywritten license can retroactively tokenize their stuff, right? And this, this, and what I'm going to tell you, like, this is not, this is like me just making this up. So I don't know. I don't think we'd ever see this, but it's like, okay, what is the, I don't know. Like what's, what's the best Taylor Swift lyric or like the best Joey what, scene what from like a Godfather movie or something like that. Like those are things right. like, well, who cares? But with something we talk about the same way that we would debate 
the buzzer beater to conversation or the greatest player of all time or whatever, the, the offline debates that we've been having for years, we may now be able to settle through a market in a way that we never thought we could. Right. In the same way that people are like, man, I really, I really want to own, <laughs> I really want to own the Cinderella VHS. That is like the special gold edition. That's important to me. And some people collect those. Imagine once you start doing that through Top Shot and you turn that on the same way that Top Shot or that Dapper has turned on the NBA. That's wow. super that's, powerful. That's stuff, where yeah. we could be going. Exactly. And like, I'll tell you right now, it's like every single major brand with that intellectual property is watching Top Shot with like a microscope or telescope, whatever. They're watching it closely because again, they are going to build the blueprint that a lot of them are going to follow in because there's a lot of money to be made here if you're a brand. And Disney yeah, like, is the king of, of making real life to of making stuffed animals of making merch of, of finding like Mandalorian comes out and it's like at the, at the convenience store, I saw like a baby Yoda backpack, like what the hell, man, you know what I mean? It's just like, they're so good at that, that it's like, of course they want to do this. <laughs> of course they'd want to do this with all their stuff. Are they crazy? Of course you want to make star Wars NFTs. Yeah. yeah I think I, I, it's not surprising. Yeah. I think, I think, I think recently, I think maybe even it was you who responded. I think I saw someone tweet out like, um, like I think it maybe was a Sopranos gif or something, gif or gif, however you say it, and say, make yeah, a moment out of this. And you were like, don't be surprised if that happens in the future. Yeah, that's it. Because a wow. year ago, if you're like, hey, yeah, you'll pay one day, you'll be paying $10,000 for Giannis Antetokounmpo layup. they would be like, what are you? freaking saying man right now i well i haven't i haven't done it exactly that but you know what i mean people do that yeah. right and so it's kind of like you got it in the same way that when other major products have come along you've kind of looked at it at first and you're like i don't really understand why i would do that but then five years later you're like i can't live without this that's kind of what top shot has turned on right and that's kind of what's power what what the power of blockchain is is that you can do these things in a much smoother and more reliable way than you could in real life where that could apply to the NBA or to NBA Top Shot is, I think, specifically in communities. And that is what a lot of people are saying, the future of kind of like the online experience. And even what social media was supposed to be at first was supposed to be communities, the power of communities. So for, I'll give an example how that could apply to NBA Top Shot. Let's say you are, I don't know, who's, who's your, Alex, who's your favorite player? Your Philly uh, fan. Joel Embiid, who I know you're not Joel a fan of. <laughs> no, that's right. I mean, hey, come on. We that that playoff series, you know, we made enemies on both sides. So, but let's say Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid comes in the top shot and he's like, okay, cool. Whoever owns one of my moments, or if you own five of my moments, I have a special fan club for you. It's a Discord or it's a, some other kind of group. And in there, I pop in every morning for half an hour, have coffee, and I chat with the fans on video and we just chat. We just have a little conversation. And you know what, as Joel Embiid, I'm going to start making my own NFTs of the Joel Embiid brand. And if you're in my club, you get them for free and you can buy them, you can sell them, you can trade them, you do whatever you want with them. I'm going to start to give you benefits for being a Joel Embiid NFT collector, right? And that, that is like, you can, he will always know who owns the NFTs because again, they have that hash. They have that, that signature online that he'll always know which wallets online own his uh, token, Right. And that's what artists are starting to do. They're starting to make their own tokens and be like, all right, whoever, whoever owns my tokens or my NFTs, you're going to get rewards from me. Like almost like a loyalty program. It's like a digital loyalty program where, or like Patreon or even something like, like OnlyFans, right? It's kind of like you're subscribed and then you get a bunch of great stuff 
because you are subscribed to this yeah, creator. There, there's the creator there's economy. Some great, definitely some great stuff on OnlyFans for sure. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Well, sure. well, you know, but it's like you're laughing, but dude, that's that's really changed no. yeah, that no. aspect of of um, I don't even know what you call the profession, but it's like it has changed that. And it's made it way safer and it's given the creators so much more control mm-hmm. in a way that they they essentially it's like, well, who's who's got the better OnlyFans, right? Like which one you want to pay eight dollars a month or twenty dollars a month, right? Is that better? And that that is a way they've already kind of tokenized in a weird way. The token is the subscription, mm-hmm. but now in Top Shot, it's like forget the subscription. It's like, no, you own the moment that is always worth something. Like you don't, you don't when you pay for OnlyFans, like that money's gone. If you cancel your subscription, you don't get the money back. But if you buy a five thousand dollar Joel Embiid moment. And then for a year, you're in the Joel Embiid fancy fan club because you've got a fancy moment. You can sell it when you're done. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, I don't like Joel Embiid anymore. They traded him. I don't want his token. I'm going to go for, uh, you know, I don't know, Tobias Harris, wh- whoever else you want. Right. No, but I get, yeah, the you know value is still and there. Even, that's, what I'm saying is like, that's that's just like that. I'm just talking about stuff that hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But could. Right? right. And the other day, sure. Terry Rozier is on top shot and he's, and he kind of like got a little too far ahead of himself. He's like, whoever owns a Terry Rozier, like whoever buys one from me in the next like 10 minutes, I'm going to sign a basketball and send it to you. And then it was like, well, I don't, I don't think you actually like, I don't know if you're going to be able to fulfill that, but it was a great idea. That's a great example that he's just like, Hey, like, thanks to everybody who spent a hundred bucks buying a video highlight of me. That's great. Yeah. Like I'm going to, yeah, he said, for that. he said, anybody who buys a, he said, anyone who buys a $5,000 moment is getting an autographed Jersey too. Like he was doing tears. Yeah, yeah wow. exactly. Right. So, and, and another way to look at that too is, um, and this is, a, this is an example I find resonates with people a lot is, and now we're getting really deep into like tokenization. So now you've, you've Love unlocked yeah. my, you've unlocked my, my my uh, nft token brain here so well, i'll just say this blake you can't say you got dumber after this podcast yeah. blake knows blake knows who he's, blake knows oh yeah blake it's so yeah dm me blake we'll have a conversation with chat about, <laughs> chat about all this um i'll give an ex- another example again of this tokenization of fandom what um have you ever said this line before when you're talking about music i knew these guys before they were big yeah. Have you ever said that? Somebody yes. said that to you. Yep. You went to some small, like crappy shit tavern at the end of town or in the genderfying area of your neighborhood or your, your city. And you saw this band and there was 20 people there and nobody even knew they were going to play. And you're like, these guys are kind of good. And you bought maybe this way back, you bought their CD or you bought a t-shirt or you followed them on Facebook or whatever you did. And then five years later, they're the biggest band in the world. And you're like, yo man, I knew these guys before they were big. You know what I mean? Like, you're just like her, her. like this is, you know, but nobody, nobody cares. Nobody wants to hear. No one's like, I don't give a shit. Like, I just want to listen to the music now. But you care and you you have nothing to show for you being there at the beginning other than your crappy T-shirt or the CD, right? Imagine if instead of selling CDs, they sold an NFT. That was a, like a badge that's like, you know, rock star bands, first show ever. Imagine if how much an NFT of like Taylor Swift's first show ever would go for right now. Mm-hmm tons and it's and it's clean it can't be damaged it's a digital item but it's a badge of attendance that you were there and that that like even that it could be like okay she gave away a hundred of them at her first show and those people whoever owns those hundred get crazy benefits from taylor swift because she's like those were my those were my day ones man those were literally yeah (laughs) who were ever there they came to my shit show they paid ten dollars to come to this crappy ass show where i was the opener for this other band they're my OGs. They're my day ones. They will always absolutely be treated the absolute best way. I'm going to send them the huge Christmas presents every year, like whatever you want to do, right? That's what tokenizing fandom can really do. 
is that it will, as a artist or a creator grows, the people who believed in them first will actually benefit from that, not just the creator. Right. So that, and that's just an example. That's like, I just came up with that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> no, that's, that's not like if there's any like band managers listening to this right now, they're probably trying to like figure out how they can make that happen. But well, I wonder I, if that's what Kings of Leon or Leon, yeah, they, Kings of Leon are doing because they're about to release the first NFT album. That's it. Right. Um, well, they might, they might just be kind of testing it out. Or right. I haven't really read too much about that project. But what I'm saying is that NFTs are f- much more about how you can give something to your community rather than what you can sell to them. That's, that's what it truly is. That's, that's the true beauty of what we're going to be able to do here. So even though we all go on top shot to bring it all the way back to basketball, even though we go on top shot, we buy these moments, we trade and we speculate on all these players. I think long-term people always talk about series one and NBA top shot. Like, Oh, what about this, the first series? Cause now we're in series two and series one will always be the first. So it's going to be worth more. I think there could be a point where top shot gets so big that even someone like LeBron is like, Yo, who owns my series one, man? Like who is buying LeBron's in this like weirdo thing before anybody else? You guys matter. You guys believe in me. I'm going to do something special for you. Wow, that's a great point. Right. Alex, what you, you had something. Alex. Yeah, no, I'm trying to phrase it correctly. Cause we're so far in the weeds here and I'm not like, it's, I'm just grasping <laughs> in a good way, about. in a good yeah. way. No, in, in a way. great way. But I guess so unopened moments, right? Like yeah. the moments that are still in packs somewhere that, that aren't yeah. owned by the public. Correct. Does the NBA or does Dapper own those right now? Like who, does that make sense? What I'm getting yeah, at? Like, I know what you're, I know what you're talking about. Um, they, they have said that they will put those out in some kind of controlled way. Okay. There was, again, I was saying that there was a lot of unopened packs for a while. So they kept them in their account and they have an account NBA top shot account. That's like worth like $30 million in moments. They promise that they will put those out in some kind of fair way. So I don't know if it's going to be a raffle or what it's going to be, but they they will eventually release them. Okay. So they should do it this weekend. The they should have done it this weekend as an auction around yeah. all-star and raised more money. Cause the whole th- reason they're doing all-star is to raise money for HBCUs right. in the areas. So well, can, the reason I asked that, too. do the you reason- know about the Genesis moments? Uh, I don't know. So the first, how many teams are there in the league? 30? 30. So the first, what's 30 times five? 150. 150. The first 150 moments ever minted in Top Shot are Genesis. They are, each one is one of one. There's only one. The first ever moment made is a Trey Young one of one. And those moments, they exist. and They're not in the Top Shot account. They just exist on the blockchain somewhere. Those will eventually be auctioned off in some way. And that is like, that is the true number one moment. That's the first yeah. one ever made. It's Trey Young, one of one. And then the next one is a, is a John Collins, one of one, because it goes alphabetically by a team. So it's five players from the Hawks and then five players from Brooklyn, I think, right? It would be Brooklyn probably next and so on. Oh, wow. Those, there, there are one of one moments that exist out there that that is like kind of the crown jewel that'll come yeah. one day of that's when they're going to do an auction. That's so there's, what? there's plenty to come in top shot. There's so much, the people that are getting in now are like, Oh my God, I'm so far behind. And I'm like, no man, like you were, if, if you think it's a cool product, it's so early. That's what I want to hear because I am worried about that. You know, like I own a, a <laughs> I think four, a lot of people are. Yeah. A lot of, yeah. I own yeah. Four or five Mitchell Robinsons that Try are to corner the market on Mitchell. Yeah. Robinson. I just, I was more than anything messing around with my buddies. I was like, you know what? <laughs> yeah. Mitchell Robinson's the man. I'm just going to grab as many of these as I can. And so you're saying that there, each moment is one of fifteen thousand. You're saying in a couple of years that could actually be relatively rare because it's so yes. early. Yeah. Yes. And, well, and another way to look at this too, um, 
is think about what the what the global market is for the NBA. And 400 million people, mm-hmm. right? You include China. And also a lot of people I know who like Top Shot, like they're not, they're not basketball people. Like they're not NBA people. They enjoy watching like a playoff game here or there. They know who LeBron is and they like LeBron. He's a celebrity. But they they're into this. So, and you've also got like not every single daily fantasy sports player is a bat is a basketball fan, but now they're into this because it's a totally new form of that. Collectors, not every single collector is a basketball fan, but now a lot of them are into this because it's a totally new way to collect. So you've got this like market cap audience that's enormous in the hundreds of millions. So when you look at it, it's like, oh, you know, Top Shot only had a thousand people five months ago and now it's a two hundred thousand. I think I missed the boat. It's like, no, not even close. It's in beta. It doesn't, it barely even works. You know what I mean? It's like, once this is clicking, then, then you'll see what it can really do. So even getting in now, I still would say that you're early. It's just so much happens in top shot every day and, and prices have gone up so much that totally it's like, it's the same thing as being like, Oh, it's too late to buy Tesla stock now. Well, it's like, <laughs> probably not, probably not in the scheme of five years, but yeah, in this, in the, in the, in the scope of six months, yeah, maybe it's a little late, but if you're playing, playing a longer game, it's still a good investment, right? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, good. No, you just answered the exact questions that me and my buddy and our me and my buddies in our group chat have asked the past week. It's like, you know, our my buddy Brian was a month ahead of us, right? And we're all pissed at him because it's like, dude, why didn't you let us know about this sooner? We could have been on the ground floor. Um, but but what you're saying is no, like you you still kind of are. You're early, so that's that's good news to us. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it's not. Yeah. There's there's a lot of skeptics and and. I think that this product is literally like 2% out of what they're actually planning to do. Wow. And only just recently does it really feel like the NBA started to put their weight behind it. So, you know, I think we'll start to see some, some, some really great stuff really soon, especially once they leave beta. Yeah. We and should think, talk about, we, we should get into that because yeah. the rising stars thing is such a, it, how, how, yeah. in the, so yesterday for those who, I mean, we talked about it on the show on mm-hmm. Thursday morning, but for mm-hmm. those just as a refresher, the NBA rising stars game on Sunday, or that was supposed to be on all-star weekend is not being played, but they always, they had been saying for, you know, since they decided not to play it, that they were still going to announce the rosters and they announced the rosters through NBA top shot to coincide with a pack drop, right. With a rising stars pack drop that will happen Sunday. How big of a moment is that for top shop for the league to announce it via top shot? I think it's big, but I think it's also inevitable. I think, you know, it's, it's, it's an NBA licensed product and now it's generating millions of dollars. So of course they're going to come around and start paying attention a lot more. And now you've got players on it. So the NBA has to be there as well. You can't just, you know, it's an NBA licensed product. It's players are just playing on it randomly. Like you should be involved and you should be kind of putting your weight behind it. The, the idea of the NBA announcing the, the rising stars on NBA top shot is like an excellent PR move on their end. And I think it's the first of many. I think there's a lot more to come. Think about what else the NBA announces, right? MVPs. Mm, a lot of stuff. Hall <laughs> of oh, Fame. Wow. There's yeah. so much more that can come. And if you think Top Shot's hot now, like, yeah, it's hot going into All-Star Weekend because that's a really big deal in the NBA. The playoffs are too, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot more to come. And Top Shot has maintained for a while that they turned off the marketing for like a month because they had to fix a lot of issues. The PR machine is clearly still clicking because uh, of so many articles in, in some of the big news sites. But I really do believe that that marketing machine is turned off right now and that they will turn it on again very soon. And then you'll really see a lot more people start to come in. 
That's um, it's crazy. So and, right, more, think- and more big stunts and more like this player is announcing it. You know what I mean? Like more stuff that's just so much more incorporated. That's wild. Um, In terms of... The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff. And it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Current day strategy, um, mm-hmm. you know, where people should be looking. Like, for, for example, something that I'm interested in with how it currently works is like the collections, sets, badges, those types of things. I think just... I need some clarification on like, do, well, how do the collections, for example, change the value of cards? Like do complete collections raise value or is it just something that's a challenge to people or um, like the badges do it, do, do badge, like you were saying like first assist is a badge or something. Right? I'm just confused. No, no. Okay. Yeah. So, so there's a lot of designations. And again, this is the part where you got to be really patient with yourself because there's a lot of different stuff to learn. It takes a while. And first mint, we're actually working on a few other like resources that we're going to put out soon. I hope I, I don't like to promise things before they actually exist. So don't hold me to that, but it's, it is a big mission of the first mint to, to, to be an educator in the space, both in, in top shot and long-term in NFTs as well. So know that it is hard to learn and that it takes a while and that that's okay. Where to start? So badges, badges are a thing. They're going to be a thing soon. They haven't been applied yet. They only okay. announced badges maybe six or seven weeks ago. The types of badges that'll be, there's two types of badges that they'll add. One is first moment ever on Top Shot, as in the first moment that was made. And really what it is, is that there's a play, like a, the play that was made. So for example, RJ Barrett, um, you know, his first play is from his first game and uh, there's four different versions of it. There's like the base set one. That's like one of, I don't know, 3000. There's the hollow one, which is one of 50. There's the metallic one. That's one of 299. You know what I mean? But it's all the exact, it's identical. It's the same play for each of them. Each of those will get the first moment play. And it's essentially the same thing as like, that's, that's just like an easy designation because someone like LeBron, it's like one day they might retroactively make a LeBron rookie moment. Right. But that's not his first one made in Top Shot. Mm-hmm. Right. That will, that'll never be his first one actually made since it's made later. It's his rookie moment, but it wasn't made in the year that he was the rookie. So it's not true. It's not a true rookie moment. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's one very important designation. Then they should be rolling out those badges. I don't know, hopefully in the next couple months. So that's going to happen. And then the other types of badges are the rookie badges. So there's three. One is for a player's first game ever. So that RJ Barrett one, that is from his first game, same with the LaMelo. So they're going to get a badge for that. A rookie badge for any time in the player's rookie year. So if it's, you know, any of the guys from this year, it doesn't matter when, it doesn't matter if it's their 10th game or whatever. If it's from this year, like Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, any of those guys, they will get the rookie year one. And the third one is if it was made in that player's rookie year. So that example, an example of a moment that wouldn't get that is if they made a LeBron James rookie moment from 2003, 
they can make it and it's him in his rookie year. So it gets one badge for that, but it wasn't made during his rookie year. It just features him in his rookie year. It's very complicated. It's kind of like this very yeah. intricate badge system there. It's, it's, yeah. it's a lot. Well, that clarifies about the, it, the you three know? star rookie um, terminology, right? That That's it. That's where it yeah. comes from. So another example of a, of a moment that does exist where that does apply is there is, there is a, there's a set called run it back. And in it, it features players during the 2013, 2014 season. So there's like a, you know, a career twilight, like Dirk Nowitzki and Steve Nash and Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Tim Duncan, Chris, Bosch. Chris, Chris Bosch is in there. Yeah. I was looking uh, at those before we started yeah. actually, cause I was interested to see what they're going for. Yeah. yeah. And there's Amari Stoudemire. Like there's a lot of guys in there and in there there's Giannis and Teddy Kumpo. And there's also Otto Porter and there's Victor Oladipo. All of those will get one, they will get a rookie badge because it's featuring them in their rookie year, but it's not their first game. And the moment wasn't made during their rookie year. It was made, it just features them in their rookie year because it was only made, it was made last year. So that wasn't last year wasn't their rookie year. The rookie year is seven years ago. All right. So there's kind of like a couple of wrinkles there. To come back to your question about like uh, completing sets and stuff like that. Basically, there are challenges in Top Shot where they put out a set, like here's 30 new moments of, uh, you know, whatever it is, uh, Deck the Hoops or Season Opener, or in this case, Seeing Stars. And what you have to do is collect a designated like nine or 10 moments and you have to collect them and then hold them for a certain amount of time. Like there's like a timer on the website that's like counting down and counts down like 10 or 15 days or whatever. You hold them until the buzzer and then every single account that's holding them at the buzzer will be given a new moment, a totally new one. So for example, mm. the seeing stars set that's supposed to come out this weekend that features all the all-stars from this year, the, the voted in and the, and the reserves there's, there are 24 of them that are going to come out in these packs and it's like Kyrie and, and Harden and uh, I don't know who else is in there. Damian Lillard, like all, all Zach Levine, like all, all those guys. He's an all-star, right? Zach Levine. Yes. He's an all-star this year. Yeah. Okay. Obviously they all come out. And then once they're all out, they will start a challenge that says, okay, collect these 12 players. And if you hold them for the whole week or the whole time period of the challenge at the end, you get the reward moment, which is going to be either LeBron or KD. Wow. And, the, and so that those will only be minted for whoever completes the challenge. Whoever right? holds them. So okay. you don't even know how many will be made. We know there's 10,000 of each of these cards, mm-hmm. but are, are, are 10,000 people going to complete exactly a perfect 10,000 sets each? No, that's not going to happen. Right. It might be like four or 5,000. Mm-hmm. So you collect mm-hmm. them with the idea that you're like, I might be collecting a one of 4,000 LeBron by doing this. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's kind of how it works. So that's... it's kind of like a, a bit of a weird guessing game where you're like, all right, I'm going to do it, but I don't know how many other people are going to do it. And it's yeah. expensive to do it. When the timer expires, you keep all those moments anyway. So really they'll go down in value because they're not, they don't have the utility of making a challenge reward anymore, but they still hold up, especially for seeing stars. They're all, they're all all stars. Right. So that's still really cool. Um, but essentially that's another wrinkle of the game is that you can, you can play this challenge to try and get one. And, and one of the most important parts of top shot is the serial number, right? Where you can get, you know, if you're opening a pack and there's going to be a LeBron James in it, you might get a LeBron James number one, or you might get a LeBron James number 10,006. Right. And obviously the lower the market has decided that the lower serial numbers matter a lot. So that's everybody kind of understands that, right? How the serial numbers work. And you, you open a pack and you don't know which serial numbers you're going to get. When you do the challenge, 
you also don't know which serial number you're going to get. So if you're doing the LeBron or the, let's say you're doing the KD all-star challenge, you've collected 12 players for, to get the KD surprise reward. The day they're made, you've completed the challenge. You're one of the people, your account is randomized. Let's say there's only 3,000 of them being made. You might get number one or you might get number 2,999. And then that value is going to fluctuate wildly, right? Based on, yeah, man. That, exactly. Cool. So there's like an X outside of opening the packs. Like you open the packs, kind of a lottery system. And then you play the challenge, another lottery system, <laughs> right. right? So who yeah. is that dapper or that team that would decide what, what moments are part of which challenges? Because what's creeping into my mind is market Great manipulation question, yeah. and stuff. And like, you know, this, this random card that's part of a challenge might not be as valuable if it wasn't a part of this challenge, you know? So mm. I think it's dictated by the NBA okay. and the other, the other entity that is also part of this is the NBA PA, right? Cause everything you license to the NBA that involves players is going to have to go through the players union. So that's why when they make like legendary moments that are like one of a hundred or one of 50, it's not just LeBron and Steph and KD and Luca. It's other guys because it, through the players' union, you have to fairly represent every team and play all types of players. So, despite there being like, oh, well, maybe it's some market manipulation, it's like, no, well, this is an all star set. So, these guys have been chosen as all stars. So, that's why they're all good players. But typically, when other sets comes out, it features all types of players. And that's kind of the added lottery as well, is if you're opening like, I don't know, uh, what's another set that's supposed to come out? I don't know, just, I don't know, Deck the Hoops or some other, some other you know, Deck the Hoops was a set that was uh, Christmas Day games, right? Rising Stars. Totally. Isn't that one probably? Well, Rising Stars, all the young players. So right. they're all rookies, yeah. right? Or, or young oh, yeah. They're, they're so also really good players. But it, let's say, I don't know, yeah. just some other deck or some other Other than Michael Mulder, but, but anyways. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That'll be his first moment, though. That's his first that's moment true. ever in Top Shot. So that's true. got some value. Yeah. yeah, you don't know what kind of player he's going to be. That's right? true. I didn't know. Though. I didn't know. I didn't know who he was until this year. Yeah, you didn't so even know who he was. Yeah. <laughs> so, but no, what I'm saying is that uh, there's so many different lottery aspects. Like, yeah, you buy a pack, and for all you know, you'll get a LeBron number two, or you'll get a Michael Mulder number five thousand, mm-hmm. and you don't know. So that's a bit of a lottery aspect, and then you play the challenge, another little lottery aspect. So there's so much chance involved. Right. I don't know. Market manipulation. Like, I don't know. That's not really up to me to judge at this point. I, I, from what I've seen, it's been pretty fair. Um, mainly because, you know, sometimes I end up with really crappy cards and sometimes I don't. Right. So it's like, I've gotten pretty, pretty consistent mixed results. Let's say that I don't think anything's being like too weird, but so I I certainly hope it's fair. Right. They've been awesome about stressing like the elimination of bots and stuff like that. And that's one of the things mm-hmm. that that's made me so confident that this is like has staying power because right. I literally didn't know about this two, two weeks ago, <laughs> but right. the efforts yeah. they put in to, you know, we want to make sure there's not bots involved in this um, has been awesome. In my opinion, that would, it would totally kill the product if they, if they let bots take over the drops too much. Yeah. 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 You, so It'd you mentioned, you mentioned that the lower, num- the lower number serial numbers have been dictated by the market to have more value is there a re- like i had a buddy who kind of compared it to like trading cards in the sense that the the first one that was minted is more valuable than the 15,000th one that was minted is that sort of the thought process there or is it just that people are seeing a lower number and saying that's more valuable to me than cuz also like they're yeah. i've seen like 
players' jersey numbers are also more valuable. Yes. So it's 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 both, right? It's it's yeah, it's yeah. Of course, if you're going to get a, you know a nice a nice new James Harden card, like of course you want number two and not number eleven thousand, mm-hmm. right? Like that's just a kind of like a natural dynamic, I think, for people. Totally, the most valuable serials are the number one and the jersey number. Those are the ones you aspire to. The jersey number is actually something. There's a community member, Steve Veerman, who built one of the original analytic platforms, Intangible. He actually, he showed me screenshots once when I interviewed him about a month ago that when he joined the closed beta back in like August, he actually recommended to them that they should highlight the jersey number. It wasn't highlighted before. It didn't say jersey number. So he recommended that. And that was back in the day where things were, there was like, you know, maybe 200 people on the platform that they were like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll take, we'll take all these ideas from the community. And they did. Wow. Um, Alex. What do you got? I, I'm just sort of like, I know I'm just, all this my, is my brain. Is, I just, um, oh, first- I wanted to clarify it. So when I was listening to the show the other day, you guys, you were talking about the value or the, I guess the classification of a card, if a player gets traded or excuse me a moment. So like, I think you said something, I, I I'm probably misheard it or misquoting because I was also kind of working while I was listening as you do with podcasts. Um, some, I think it was something along the lines of if a player gets traded to a new team, then they're, that moment automatically becomes limited or something along those lines. Is that what you guys were saying? Yeah, there's, there's something like that. I actually don't think that that has been fully clarified. Got it. Um, so I'm not sure exactly how that works, but um, basically what happened maybe two months ago when the James Harden trade went down, I guess maybe two months or maybe a little less, mm-hmm. um, Karis Levert and Jared Allen both had moments that were actively being minted that were being made. And then they got cut off at like 5,000 because they were supposed to go to like, I don't know, 10,000 or something like that. But then the day they got traded, it got kind of like sliced, you know, it was just like, no, Mm -hmm. we're not going to keep making them because they're now uh, that's like their, their, their time on that team's expired. Um, But there is like, if the moments have already been made, then they will be released. So there's still like last in last week's drop, which is the metallic gold drop there was a James Harden metallic gold that they've already been made. So they're still being released and, and it's a metallic gold where he's on the rockets. Got it. So I don't, I don't really think that the trading stuff is that significant though. I know my brother was talking about on the podcast. Yeah. I actually don't think unless it's a really star players, but even when Harden got traded, there wasn't really that big of a bump in the market. Like he's been playing there for years. Right. And it's not, there's already like 10 moments of him in a rockets Jersey. So you got your pick. I'd say his first moment in a Nets jersey is more significant, right? But I don't know. I don't think I don't think players getting traded or even being signed as free agents matters quite quite as much as other factors in the game. So what you're saying is when JaVale McGee gets traded and wins his fourth NBA title, my Cleveland Cavaliers JaVale McGee moment is not going to get me rich. Not as rich as other players. <laughs> that is a really nice way to say yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How, the involvement of players, do you think that that's a crucial element to the growth of it? Like the involvement of them in terms of just being active. Like I saw someone say, someone asked a question, what is the equivalent of a top of an auto, like a card being autographed? And mm. someone said that, a player owning their own card and gifting it to you would almost be like an autograph because it 
it's like a similar, like it has almost there. You always have record of it on the blockchain. Yeah. And it's like what you're talking about with the communities. Like if, if Joel Embiid starts a community and he makes his own NFTs or his own moments and then gives it out to his community, that's almost like getting an autographed Joel Embiid NFT. Is that, so does that make the growth of it more important having these guys involved? You think? Of course. Yeah. I mean, they've got, they've got the eyeballs, right. And they've got the Mm -hmm. fans. So, so the more, they can endorse and say that it's cool, the better. And I think that that's kind of more what it comes down to. Like, I think over time, it'll take a couple of years for them to figure out the proper functionality. Like I was saying, like the fan clubs and even some of the the more like kind of entry-level ideas like signatures or gifting or whatever. Um, but I think right now, I actually think the most important part is just seeing the players use it and enjoy it, right? Like you were saying, like the, the Josh Hart, moment that was gifted to him by a community member. And then he just turned around and sold it the next day. Like, cool. Like that's, I'm like, okay, cool. Like Josh Hart is using the product the same way that I do. Could have been, could have been Terrence Ross. Now that I'm thinking about it, it was one of those Maybe two guys, I, I, whichever one, it doesn't matter. No, 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 no I'm, I'm just saying, saying not, like, not, not, I, like, I said Josh Hart, yeah. but now that I'm thinking about it, cause they both went through this thing where they were all over Twitter trying to figure out their top shots. So it could yeah. have been him, but either way, it was totally. funny. I think people, I think in general, people love seeing celebrities or athletes or both or whatever. I think people love seeing them just do normal things. And that's why people watch reality shows and want to watch behind the scenes is like, they just want to see that they're normal, that after a game, they're hungry. You know what I mean? Like, it's like people, I think a lot of us just want to see that these basketball players, despite being inhuman athletes and and being incredible, what they do and being larger than life. It's like, at the end of the day, man, like when they look at top shot, they're just like, oh yeah, like I'm, I'm going to buy this moment and flip it. You know what I mean? Like they just want to do <laughs> yeah. a normal thing, right? Like it's like that, that to me is the greatest endorsement way more than them actually coming out and being like endorsing it. Like it's a commercial like that, that to me is the most legit part is that when they use it in a normal way, not when they make a commercial for it. So that, that is most, most important to the growth of it. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I have one last thing, Alex, unless you have anything else. No, I'm good. I learned more about something in the last two hours or whatever than I have maybe anything ever. Well, actually, I mean, I have, I do have a, I have a bunch of things, but I don't want to, I don't want to start asking. We'll do, like, we'll do part two another time. time. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, do part two. two. You guys let this sink in for a while. Then yeah, we'll like I do a have a lot to preview or something like that. I do yeah. have a lot of, I do have a lot to process. If you were going to give, so the listeners of our podcast are obviously either non-believers or novices. Like if you had a piece of advice for people who are looking to get into it or people who are in it, but not like me, I have two moments. Like I'm still new. Like what, do you have any advice for people that are just trying to get involved? Like, what would you tell them in terms of trading or being patient or like any of that stuff? Like what, what would you say to a beginner? Buy your favorite player and like pray your favorite player is not LeBron. Cause that's the most expensive player you can buy on the platform. <laughs> Choose if LeBron's your favorite player, go a few more guys down the list on your list. Maybe, Chris. but I feel like a big part of the fun of basketball is that you can have different heroes, right? Like, of course, for, for every Joel Embiid, there is a, I don't know, Matisse Tybal or, or some other player that is not on the star level, but that you really genuinely love when you watch basketball, right? Like, for me as a Raptors fan, I'm like, okay, like OG Ananobi, like, love the guy. You know what I mean? Like, Norm Powell, like, you know, there's other guys on the Raptors that aren't the megastars, and they're not really any megastars right now, anyways, but, um, I think go in there and and look for those players and buy them. Cause I think, again, the lesson is that it's like, it's, it's an emotional game and totally it's an investment and you can play it and make some money or whatever, but it's like, 
you know, you, you, you watch these athletes cause you care about them as well. And I think the best way to start to get your feet wet is to, to buy some moments that you will probably want to hold because you actually really like those players. Right. Rather than to try to start with like, all right, I'm going to go do this crazy flip and make 10,000 bucks on this, buying this card and flipping it. You know what I mean? Like that's, you can do that eventually. Like you'll learn to do that if you want to do that, but up front, buy your favorite player. Well, that seals it. As soon as Malik Monk becomes available, I will be snagging a, a Malik well, Monk moment. And if anybody who anybody who listens to the podcast knows, I feel good about my JaVale McGee purchase because yep. he is yep. my favorite there player in the NBA right now. So there, there you go. go. That's all that matters. That's the most important part, man. Is Malik Monk not in here? I did not see him in the database. No, he's you're right. He's not. But he's well, right bit, well but, but at the beginning hmm. of the year, he wasn't even playing, and now he's balling yeah, out. Yeah. So it's like, hmm. yeah, they should oh. have him in there soon. All right. I think, I think, I think, uh, I'm a market shot, mover now. I think, like, you know, I think top shot Woj knows something we don't. <laughs> oh, well, I, I made a list at the start of this year of players that didn't have on one of the first podcasts I did, it was players that don't have moments yet. Mm. And there's, there's quite a lot more than you think. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, so, yeah, I've, I've searched, come along. uh, I think who was it that I was looking, was it, I think Peyton Pritchard was one that yeah, I was looking for. I don't think he's, he's in the next batch. Though. He's yeah. in the next batch of players. Yeah. I love Peyton Pritchard. So, I'm pro- I, I, but that's probably, he's probably going to be pricey though, because he's a rookie, right? Yes. <laughs> it will, his, his moment will be from his first game. So, yes, he will be oh, a three star rookie. So, but, but it could be in a pack. So, I could get him in a pack. You could get him in a pack. Let's that's go. Actually your, that should be your strategy. Let's go. Should, the strategy is cross your fingers. Yes. Let's I'm, go. I don't know. I've never seen this twinkle in Joey's eye before. This is the most exciting. <laughs> yeah, if I get a, listen, yeah. if I get a three star Peyton Pritchard, we're going, we're going to Cabo. Let's go. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, like, honestly, like quite literally, you could. That's, <laughs> dude, that's, we got to end right there because I'm yep. too excited. LG, I got to say, man. You have been so generous with your time today. And this course. conversation has been awesome, dude. Like this is, yeah, thank you so much for doing this. Hopefully we can have you on again. And I mean, we'll have you we'll on anytime you want to do it, man. But thanks really, for having me on guys. Really appreciate I can talk it. about this all day. Yeah. Really so. appreciate it. And obviously everyone, you're only going to get smarter about this if you listen to him. So listen to his podcast, First Mint. Don't listen to us regularly for Top Shot Advice. <laughs> listen to us when LG comes on the show. But if you want to keep learning and keep getting the, the correct information, the first mint, anywhere you get podcasts, it's, where was it? I was looking through the, this, the top 200 sports. Day. I think you guys were like 50 in the 50, 40 something range. For what? For iTunes or for Apple podcasts, which yeah, is. Yeah. I don't know. We're somewhere in there. Which, we're somewhere in there. All that. Think, but that, that yeah. just, that's just. Hey, that's with an arrow. That is headed up. I'll tell you that. Right <sighs> to as to the Thanks, moon guys. to the yeah. moon as they say <laughs> yeah. as they say yeah, as correct. they say um all right lg appreciate it man everybody have a good have a great all-star weekend have fun with top shot and uh we'll talk to you next time dude appreciate it been a pleasure thank you